It is time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline Shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan, where we are joined by James Palmer. James is the host of the NFL Report along with Steve Weish, which streams Monday and Thursday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time on the NFL Channel, which is available on the NFL app, fast streaming platforms, and NFL.com slash NFL Channel. Thursday's episode features Dolphins fullback Alec Ingold, Joe. That's a good start right there, man, as the Dolphins, everybody's yapping about this team so far and the way they're playing for good reason. James Palmer does join us this morning. James, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Man, we're uh, we're, we're doing great, obviously. It, it's fun. We haven't been in this situation, James, in like 20-something years, so we're not sure really how to act right now, yeah. but, but we know that We've got a chance now to beat not only to win the AFC East for the first time in a long time, but but also maybe get that number one seed, which is so important for this team to stay out of cold weather and and stay home at Hard Rock Stadium. I, I, that and and just playing one last game. I mean, this, yeah. this this playoff system obviously is insane now that there's just one buy per side, and and that's why you know there was so much talk about that game in Philly between the Niners and the Eagles, and, and that's why there's so much talk down in Miami right now. And, you know, we, we were saying on the show, and it, there's a good chance that this, this playoffs is going through Florida in one way or another. And then we saw Trevor Lawrence go down, and now they're part of that group in the AFC that is just kind of like, geez, like my quarterback is not in a great spot. Obviously, some have been lost for the season. That was a big part of our conversation with Alec was like, Man, one of the biggest things you guys have to do is make sure two is playing in these games. Right. And he's playing throughout the rest of the season because, man, it has been a brutal season for quarterbacks this year. And that's what you have to do in Miami, and that's what you have to do in the AFC right now. And playing less games <laughs> always yeah. makes, uh, makes it a little bit easier to stay healthy. James, I got to tell you, we, we talk a lot on this show about uh, MVPs and quarterbacks and officiating. I'm guessing you guys beat up the same topics, but I, I do want to ask mm-hmm. you, about officiating, we got home in time the other night uh, from a Washington game and and uh, catch the second half of that Kansas City Green Bay game, and of course the officiating thing. You know those guys got ripped pretty good for a couple of calls late in the game. Uh, do you see a problem with officiating, especially pass interference right now? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we we all have problems with with some of the officiating because we don't know what it is. I mean, there's not a clear-cut line between what it is and what it isn't. This is all getting reviewed, obviously, and these guys get graded, and it it affects, you know, who does what in the postseason. But at the same time, a lot of people, and and this is a a fair opinion, just think, okay, this game was determined by, you know, call blank. Patrick Mahomes took the the high road in terms of saying I should have thrown it a little bit better away from the defender. There wouldn't have been P.I. We just would have had a touchdown. That's the high road. But what most people are thinking is there, there's really no no consequences essentially for calls like this, and that's where people I think are, are are getting the most frustrated. Where we're seeing consequences in the league for almost all actions. I mean, there's plenty of times guys are showing up on Friday and there's a fine in their locker for a play that they weren't even flagged on. Yeah, and they're scratching their head, going, "What, what do you? What am I being fined for? This wasn't even a penalty within the game, yet they're getting consequences for things that weren't even flagged." Yet everybody's curious what the consequences are for the officiating um, when it has this type of uh, mistakes are made and the magnitude of what it's you know impacting. So yeah, I, there there is an issue in a sense. I do know that um, 
all of us kind of have a sneaking suspicion or somewhat informed suspicion that the league is not happy that there's, you know, points are down uh, across the league and they'd like points. Um, and I think that's making things difficult on, uh, on defensive players specifically. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But the last thing we want to see, just just being part of these uh, Dolphins radio broadcasts, the reviews take so long. The last thing I want this talk into this this game to turn into a, a walking review, it will be horrible mm-hmm. for the game. We already almost review too much, and it takes too long. Do you agree with that? Yep. Yeah, there could be a process, and these are these are things that are always evaluated by the committees in the off season and at the you know the meetings that happen in the off season. To where, I mean, there, there's a there's a conversation between a lot of us where if if there could be somebody that's just part of the officiating crew that is speeding this process up, that is essentially what have we talked about for a long time, right, guys? The eye in the sky, just to hey get in their ear and go like, hey, this wasn't this. Move on. Let's go. Change it quick. You know, what I mean, like if there's just somebody looking at, you know, I know we go to New York all the time and it takes forever. Um, if there's a way to speed up the process. And I think I use, I look at baseball as a perfect example of the game has been sped up. We were all upset for about a half a second. And it's been a better product, in my opinion, with the game being sped up. And when things slow down, that's just, you know, that's the difficult part of it. I think you can find a way to be more efficient with it. And I think that's one of the biggest things we're looking at. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Hey, James, the other thing is this uh, quarterback topic. 52 quarterbacks have have started a game this year, or it's going to be 52 this week. Um, And we've seen a lot of backups. And as you said, we've seen a lot of games with no touchdowns. We got a lot of teams every week playing through a game with all the rules on their side, and they still can't score a touchdown. We got a couple of them in the AFC East, which we're we're part of down here. I, I don't know what we do with this quarterback thing. They're protecting them. They're doing everything they can. The rules, you got a very small area, you can hit them, and yet we have a problem. Yeah, we, we do a little bit, and that number is very realistically going up to 56 after week 14, if you think about it. like I think Trubisky, C.J. Beathard, most likely in Jacksonville, Maybe Jameis Winston, all because of I mean, you have Trevor Simeon possibly starting. That number go up to fifty six uh, after this week, and so I, yeah, that that's been a major concern. I talked to a lot of people. We've had actually multiple guys on our show talk about this. Just there is a thought amongst players that there is this pendulum that swings back and forth, and a lot of times it comes from what is happening within the league in terms of schematics, and in terms of coaching, and in terms of of style of play. You guys have down there in Miami the guy who is probably responsible for a lot of this in your defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Like what he has created in terms of a defense and how it is being copied and emulated throughout the league with this too high shell defense that takes away explosive plays and more or less wants an offense to beat you by you know death by a thousand paper cuts. Like if your play, <laughs> if your drive has to be if your drive has to be twelve yard twelve twelve plays fourteen plays to beat us, Vic's thinking like. I covered him for a long time in Denver. He's thinking, you're going to make a mistake at some point, yep. and we're going to capitalize off of that. And so with the explosive plays, with this style of defense being taken away right now, that's, that's changed some of this, this scoring, and when you don't have the star quarterbacks out there that are the ones that can do what, right? Beat this style of defense. Um, you're, you're going to have fewer points. There is a thought in the league that it will swing back eventually. Like offenses and then will come back around and figure out the next thing. And that's the beauty of the league. I do think that part is the beauty of the NFL where it goes back and forth with, with these brilliant minds figuring out ways to beat what the next greatest thing is. Uh, offensively, you guys have one of them going on that everybody's trying to figure out. And defensively, your defensive coordinator 
his style has kind of done this to the NFL right now. You know, James, I know you did cover him, uh, and you know Vic pretty well, Vic Fangio, and he got off to mm-hmm. a, a rough start here. The, the, the defense, when it first started, we're going, wow, what, what, what's going on, man? He loses magic touch, and now he gets a couple of his guys back, including Ramsey yeah. in the corner, and now here they are all of a sudden a top 10 defense and have actually almost outplayed the offense over the last month with all their guys back. Uh and you hit it right on the head, man. He'll rush four, sometimes five. A lot of guys in coverage, mm-hmm. and they're getting a lot of sacks. So I guess you're not surprised at all. No, I'm not. And, and it's funny because it, you know, I, I've talked to guys that have played for him, and I mean, I remember having a conversation with Draymond Jones, who's a really good interior rusher, and now in Seattle and left Denver. And he used to get frustrated playing for Vic, going like, "Man, I, part of this is I got to hold the point of attack, right? I'm not going downfield." edge guys can go downfield but in the defensive line we're, we're not going to make mistakes we're going to hold we're going to you know and some guys get frustrated playing with it until they finally understand what all of it is and and that is uh the beauty of what Vic does and that's why you know he's like I mentioned being copied throughout the league and so many of his disciples are are, are getting these DC jobs because yeah the way it's played is a lot of these guys that we're talking about the quarterback position guys you, you can blitz them all you want Steve Spagnuolo is a great blitzer but like they, they can pick things apart better than, I mean, we've seen guys maybe in the past. And they're so quick, the Mahomes, the Josh Allen, all these other guys. So if you can get home with four, that's become everything in the NFL. Bringing extra pressure has become a thing that just is, is like teams just don't want to do. And if you can get home with four, like we're seeing the Dolphins be able to do, that's everything. That's where everybody is putting their resources right now across the league. If you look – and what the trend is across the NFL, it is the defensive line. Like a lot of teams have the philosophy, if we can get home with four and we can put our draft picks, our money to the defensive line, we'll figure it out on the back end because they don't have to cover very long. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we've been talking a lot about this MVP. We hear a lot of guys nationally now starting to talk uh, mm-hmm. about Tyree Kill could have a chance with his 2,000 yards, which if this continues, there's no question – He's going to crush if he can stay healthy. What, what's your take on finally having a wide receiver at the MVP award? Yeah, I want to mention real quick with you saying if he can stay healthy, because I do want to give Tyreek, and I've covered him a boatload in Kansas City, and, and I've been, I mean, sadly, because the Broncos are terrible, I've, I have a second family and a second home in Kansas City <laughs> over the last, like, seven years with Patrick Mahomes. Like, his ability to stay healthy as a speed wide receiver, I think is almost unmatched. Like, you know, I don't want to jinx him by any sense, but, like, most speed receivers get nagging injuries, hamstrings, things like that. Tyreek just hasn't had that through his career, and I want to give him his flowers for that. I mean, he has been able to stay remarkably healthy for almost the vast majority of his of his career. I, what I do think hurts him a little bit um, outside of the position he plays is I don't know if he has a, any competition for offensive player of the year if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, there's no other player, maybe Christian McCaffrey, I guess, like, that, that could really compete with him for Offensive Player of the Year. So the voting, in my opinion, they're going to go, well, Tyreek's the Offensive Player of the Year. Who's our MVP? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. that, that's their thinking. Mm. And I, I'm curious if that's hurting him or will hurt him in the MVP discussion that he 100% deserves to be a part of. Yeah. Um, because I do believe he is the most impactful player to a roster uh, that's a non-quarterback in the NFL, and it's not even close. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, and I think that deserves the, to be in the conversation. I'm just concerned with what I said. Maybe hurts his chances a little bit, just because yeah. they're just going to give him the offensive player of the year. 
So uh, we're a little giddy, as I started with you, by starting this interview with, about how well the team's playing overall. Uh, how do you feel mm-hmm. out on that West Coast about this Dolphins team? What, what's the thoughts on what Mike McDaniel's been able to do so far with this group? Well, I like the mentality in December. I watched Hard Knocks last night. You got my wife as a new Dolphins fan. She said she watched with me. Tell her welcome aboard. We we appreciate it. That's nice. Thank you. Meg, Meg, welcome aboard. You're now part of the Dolphins community. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she just walked in. See, she said she had a love piece to it. I do do love the, really, I kind of say that jokingly, but but it did stand out considering what happened in December last year and and the mentality that they have going into December this year and, and the way Mike is using it. I think is, is really, really smart. But obviously, the, the, the consensus is let's see what happens in those last three games. I mean, that's what everybody's waiting to see, right? I mean, they're, they're putting up a boatload of points. You mentioned the defense playing great, but we look at who they've played. I mean, you look at the stretch of the yep. teams they've played outside of Philly. I mean, <laughs> dating back to October, everybody's curious. And so when we see them play Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo to finish things out, and I, I, I really think nobody wants to see Buffalo get into the postseason – um, as, as well as I watched them play covering that game in Philadelphia. Um, that's what everybody's waiting to see. And, and I think you will have a lot of true believers if they finish unbelievably strong that this is a, a legit team that can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow, it's going to be fun. Hey, James, thank you so much. You tell Steve Weiss we said hello back here in South Florida. Uh, we miss our oh, guy. He still he, loves South Florida. Yeah, he's your guy now. But, yeah, I'm sure part of his heart is still here. We, uh, we love them back Oh, it there. always is. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I know that for a fact, guys. All right. Have a great Thanks, morning. James. You take care of yourself. Thank yep. you.